Matthew 25 is where we find ourselves the finishing of it today. And, you know, this was, um, if you remember, when when we began Matthew 25, it was kind of the culmination of these five uh, big blocks of teaching. Uh, Actually, 23 through 25 is the last block that Matthew has for us that, um, you know, he, he kind of took things that Jesus said throughout his time with him and brought them together in a different way than Mark or Luke did um, or John. But there's not that much similar. But so you, you have this block. And, and the reason, if you remember, is um, is Matthew is really setting us up to see Jesus as Moses, but more. It's like the culmination of what the Jews had been waiting for, um, because he is writing primarily to a Jewish audience um, to tell them this is the guy you've been waiting for. This is the Messiah um, to, to tell them that. And so a lot of these teachings um, were set at different points and periods and times, maybe, but he brings them together. And this is the final block of teaching uh, for Jesus in Matthew's gospel leading up to the story of his crucifixion and resurrection. And he ends with a final judgment, as it will say in many of your translations. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, come. You who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When, When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will tell them, I assure you, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you. You cursed ones into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you gave me no clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I assure you. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Now, there's a lot here and there's a lot written about this. A lot. There is, um, there are many debates about who he's talking to. Who gets the judgment when the judgment is handed out? Who are the least of these? You can look at the Greek words that are used here, and then you can look where else they are used in the scriptures and go, well, it's this. No, it's this. No, it's this. There's arguments all over 
for different interpretations of what this has to say, which makes it really easy to talk about. But in essence, I think it boils down to one thing for me anyway. First, let's get the sheeps and the goats out of there, okay? Let's just deal with them, let's deal with the livestock, put them away, and then we can move forward. Okay, the sheep and the goat thing, don't read too much into that. That was um, a picture, um, uh, shepherds would have sheeps and goats mingling together out in the field. Hey, how you doing? Come here often type thing. And, and they would just kind of get mixed in. The sheep and the goats would, from far away, kind of be similar in, um, in appearance. Um, goats, uh, you could tell them apart with their tails up, sheep, tails down. Um, and, and so you see these things, and at the end of the night... A lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, the shepherd would then separate the two groups um, because it was said that the goats were not as hardy to be out in the plains as the sheep were. Um, But that really is there to give you um, this juxtaposition between two groups of people. Um, A a lot of times you do want to look and go, okay, what does he mean by sheep and goats? But here, I think maybe we just go with two groups of people. But then the question is, okay, what are those groups? Who's he talking about? And you get into this just huge debate. Here's where I went with this. Last week, I began to to talk a little bit about um, the next movement of Christianity. The the next Christian um, is the title of Gabe Lyons' book is. And... Uh, solar flare, John. Um, and, and what we, uh, we kind of thought about, what I kind of thought about was uh, the, the fact that the kingdom mentality, there's this great movement of kingdom mentality. For a long time, the church was looking forward to the day when Jesus would return and we would all be um, restored, those of us who believe, and we would be taken to be in heaven And those that didn't believe would be gone. And it's just waiting for that time when Jesus returns. And there's this movement right now, I think, grasping on to what is a biblical um, fact that the kingdom is here now. That the renewal of all things happens now. That the restoration of God happens now. Now, it won't be complete until he comes again, but it has already started. It started when he went back to be with God and said, now it's your turn. You will do greater things than even I, because I'm leaving with you the Holy Spirit, the counselor. Bring the kingdom now. This kingdom mentality, this kingdom identity. Do you see yourself as merely just a person or do you see yourself as an heir? As a son and daughter of a king? How you see yourself shapes how you live your life. And so what he does is he says, so live. Live in the kingdom. Be my hands, my feet. Now, now the danger of taking this scripture, um, there is a danger in this scripture, and it can go to works mentality thinking. And what I mean by that is, um, is salvation by what you do. 
If you look at this, you can, the danger is to go, well, if you're not doing these things, then you won't be saved. And so that means that you must do certain things in order to be saved. And that's not the case. That's not what scripture tells us. That's not what God tells us. He says, believe in your heart and profess with your mouth that Christ is Lord and you are saved. That's it. Over. Done. But... As we talked about many weeks ago, there is that moment between acceptance of Christ and resurrection. For some of us, that moment is many, many, many years. Acceptance of Christ, what do you do in the meantime? It is not a box you check and move on. A lot of times that's the way the church operated. Stand on the corner and hand you a tract and get you to say a prayer. Check. Done. Go on with your life. But that's not what God desires. When you accept Christ, he's like, awesome. Now let's do something. You ever watch the news and get this sense of just anger at what you see? You ever see something that's happening in another part of the world, some ethnic cleansing, some, you know, this group of people, thousands, hundreds of thousands that are being killed for who, nothing that they did, but because they belong to a different tribe. Does that ever just make you mad? Do you ever look back at the history of our own country and see some of the things that we did and go, wow, really? We kept people in chains. Really? We, we forced people out of a land violently at times. Really? Did you ever look at some of those things and kind of sense this injustice? I think that's part of being in the kingdom. The sense that it is not right with God's world. And that we are to do something about it. I was at a wedding last night and um, I was talking to this couple who was expecting a child, two children, actually. Um, and he was telling me, he, we're sitting out there and he's talking about the, the sonogram that they had recently done. And he's like, and they zoom in and you're like, well, there's the heart. And you see the heart beating. He's like, that's four chairs. There's eight chambers there. What's ha- It's two kids. And they just start freaking out. And, but he's like, he goes, man, Michael, I was looking at this and it was, I was seeing God knit my children together. It's like, wow, that's just one of those blow your mind type things, right? You know, the psalm says, I lovingly, um, you were lovingly knit together in your mother's womb, created in your mother's womb. And, and we have this technology now that allows us to look into that and to see it happening. And he's, as this dad, he's going, I'm seeing it happen. It's amazing. And, and you get a sense of like the love that this guy has for these two kids who he has only seen as a shadow on a screen is immense and tremendous. And then then you look at the rest of the world and you say, God did that with all of us. God sat and goes, oh, I'm going to create this person just this way. 
And then we look at some of the things that we do to one another. How it must break his heart. To know that we oppress his daughter, his son. And look, I I, I know that, I'm not going to say that. We do. We do. And what does Jesus say right here? I was thirsty. He gave me a drink. I was hungry and you gave me some food. I was sick and you came and sat with me. He's not asking for something monumental. He's not saying that you have to give every amount of money that you have. He's not saying that you need to give all of your clothes away so that people could have... He's not asking you to do anything tremendous except get a cup of water and hand it to somebody who's thirsty. Visit with someone. Share his love with one another. That's it. It's not a big thing that he asks us to do. What he says is bring my kingdom now in mercy and love. We have this sense of injustice that may dwell inside of you. And and so what that means is we got to do something about it. To the least of these, there's the question, who are the least of these? I am. I am. There are moments when I need you to give me a cup. Just give me a drink of water. I'm hungry. Give a brother a slice, you know? I'm naked. Nobody wants that. Give me a cloak. And guess what? There are times when you too are the least. And you need me to just sit and be. You need me to come and feed you. There's a great debate about who Jesus is judging, who the brothers and sisters, the least of these are. Are And you can go down the road that it's the disciples and you can go down the road that he's talking to the Jews and you can go down all these different aspects of the Greek and whatever it is. But for me, it doesn't matter because for me, the big picture is we all are the ones being judged and we all are the ones who need help. Every one of us, every one of us is in the position to bring God's mercy and love right now. Every one of us is in the position that we need help from time to time. It's about living our faith. It's about being our faith. It's not about just checking a box off and saying, I've got Jesus done. It's about moving in to the kingdom of heaven now. Have you ever done that? Disappeared. Have you ever done that? Stepped into the kingdom, moved in in a way that you didn't do it for publicity. You didn't do it to get your name on something, a donor list. You didn't do it in such a way that anyone else saw. Isn't that kind of fun? 
Isn't it kind of fun to do something for no other reason than just to do it? To help someone for no other reason than just because you care. Being extravagant with God's love. I like that line. That line should be a book. A song. Daryl, write a song about that right now. Come up and sing it. Ken Minima can do it. Wow. Just do that down. Being extravagant with God's love. Wow. I like that. I'm going to end there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that you are extravagant with your love to us, that you created us so wonderfully and beautifully, that you had a purpose and plan for our lives. And it was to bring the kingdom. It was to begin to bring restoration to this world, renewal to all things. God, help us to join you in that renewal. Help us to join you in serving the least of these. And God, in those moments when we are the least, let us be surrounded by the love of fellow sons and daughters. God, we thank you for this love. In Jesus' name.